Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Westmont Works. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and I hope you've all felt the love from Cove, as your CDAs have been passing out some sweet treats, along with little love notes from our office, encouraging each of you to reach out to our team. Whether you're a junior or senior looking for that perfect internship, or an underclassman wanting to get a head start on bulking up your resume, please sign up for an appointment on Handshake, or contact your CDA through our Instagram, at thecovewc or respond to any of their lovely all-haul emails they've been sending out. If you tuned in last week, you'll remember that our featured guest, Paul Angoni, talked to us about what it looks like to begin the journey of life after college, and shared with us the hope that awaits us as we continue to trust in God's plan for our lives. If you didn't get a chance to listen last week, I highly recommend it. Paul is such a positive beacon of joy, and his message is sure to breathe encouragement into your day. This week, we are so blessed to once again bring you a guest of wisdom and faith as we welcome to our show, Pastor Benji Bruniel from Santa Barbara Community Church. Benji is one of the lead pastors at SBCC. Many of you may know him from being members of his congregation, but today we are all eager to learn from him and discover how we can find balance in our lives and develop healthy rhythms. Benji, it is so wonderful to have you on Westmont Work. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excited to have the conversation. Yes, so are we. Um, So today's theme is really just about um, we're now a month into the new year and um, it's about cultivating healthy habits and finding balance and healthy rhythms. Um, How has that looked in your life most recently? Oh man. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Not, not like it looked previously for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like anybody else, right. My, my rhythms of life have been really challenged by Mm. COVID and by the pandemic. And I think that the, yeah, the, practices we put in place my wife and I with our kids yeah some of them have been able to transfer over really well and some we've had to kind of re-establish and reassess and Mm -hmm. I think the I think for us one of the things that we're constantly talking about is how do we how do we pursue what's important that the the habits themselves or the rhythms themselves they aren't the end in and of themselves. The right. the end is really kind of keeping an eye on what kind of people do we want to be? What, what do we hope the habits, what do we hope the rhythms are getting us? And, and, you know, there's rhythms in different spaces of life, right? So there's yeah. rhythms at home. What, what do those look like? But really what are, what's the aim? What are we headed towards? Our spiritual rhythms, our spiritual habits, our yeah. work habits, our work rhythms, all of that. It's, again, the, the aim and the, the end is not, hey, how do we have really good habits? It's how do we have habits or rhythms that actually lead us to being the kind of people we want to be in these different spaces? Absolutely. So then, I mean, one of the things that I feel like I've been struggling with, but a lot of people that I've talked to is fighting the temptation to be idle in a social context that breeds purposelessness. I mean, that's really kind of what's been happening with the pandemic. And, you know, we're now 10 months in and it's hard to fight, you know, when people are saying, don't go anywhere, stay home. But how do you fight that? You know, because God tells us to to not be idle. Um, So what is, what are those habits that we can cultivate that, that lead us away from that temptation? 
Yeah, well, that's a that's a fantastic question. I think one of the one of the things we have to ask ourselves again is the the purpose question, right? If we mm-hmm. are if we are cultivating habits that only suffice in a particular context or in a particular set of circumstances, mm-hmm. then as soon as our environment changes, and our environment is something we rarely have control over, as soon <laughs> yeah. as our environment changes, then those habits all of a sudden become negotiable, right? And it right. becomes well you know, I, I really want to have the habit of, you know, reading scripture regularly, but for me in my, my immediate context, I have three young kids, 10, eight, and six. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if the habit is only, well, it has to be under these certain conditions when it's really quiet in my home or everything's put away and neat, right. (laughs) That'll just never happen because that's (laughs) the environment we live in anymore. And so now it's a matter of how do we pursue those habits in this changed context. And so I think to your question about idleness, I think it's a really good one because one of the, I think one of the myths that we've believed is that we are in control of our environment. And so then, (laughs) okay, I will make, I will make this set of rhythms or this set of habits, but we wrap it, we, you know, put it down into this idealized version of our environment. And then as soon Mm -hmm. as our environment changes, we think, well, that's no longer who I can't do that. So then I can't be that kind of person anymore. And I think that's the bigger question is how do we, in a context that encourages idleness or at least pushes towards idleness, how do we continue to be the kind of people that we want to be even in this context when the rules seem to have changed all around Mm -hmm. us? And so I would say, you know, to that specific question you're asking, I think the question is not, Hey, how do I, you know, how do I continue to be a productive person? But mm-hmm. what, okay, what am I trying to get in, mm-hmm. in life? You know, maybe it's, hey, I'm, you know, for many of the students who would listen to this, right, that one of the, one of the chief driving goals is how do I graduate, right? How do I get, yeah. how do I fulfill, fulfill my degree requirements? Well, right. An environment that is marked by a temptation toward idleness that actually doesn't change the the fact that you have to do certain things to graduate. So now it right. becomes a question of, okay, how do I, in this change context, continue to be the kind of person who makes progress towards graduation? How do I, right. and, you know, cause I, again, I think that if we, if we look sp- exclusively to our environment, then as soon as our environment changes, then we go, well, I guess I'm just not the kind of person who graduates college. Well, no, you, you need to still be that kind of person, even right. when, the social situation has changed. And so I think the, the idleness is simply a, it's simply a distraction from Mm. the bigger question of what kind of person am I? What kind of person do I want to be? And what do I do today? Even if my environment has changed, what kind of things do I do today to continue to live into that identity that that I want to be? Yes, absolutely. It's so funny too, because just hearing you say that, it just reminds me too, that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. You know what I mean? He tells us that. And it's like, okay, what habits, you know, if if my end goal is graduation or if my end goal is, you know, going to law school, whatever those um, drives, those motivators are, what habits can I, um, can I instill in myself that Mm -hmm. gets me there, but then also keeps me deeply seeking Christ. You know, because sometimes those feel like, you know, your secular kind of motivators, but then also your spiritual mo- motivators. And sometimes I feel like they're at odds with each other because, yeah. you know, both consume so much of our time, both want all of our time. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a real challenge for us who are believers and trying to follow Jesus and use our lives to glorify God. There are, there are different narratives that the world tells us about where success is found, what that looks like. And some of those things absolutely make totalitarian claims on our lives. Like if you want to be a successful human, it looks like these things, but when we examine those things and those claims in the light of what Christ calls us to, there will be times in life where we will have to wrestle with is this trajectory and this cultural narrative incompatible with the calling on my life to follow Jesus. Now Mm -hmm. I would say most often it's not, but there will be times where it, well, if to succeed in this field requires this set of circumstances or this set of commitments that's going to destroy my spiritual life in these ways, there may be times where we are called for our faithfulness to Jesus to make that sacrifice as hard as it is. And as countercultural as it is, it, it may be necessary at times. Yes, absolutely. So then, I mean, thinking back to your time in college, what are two or three tips that you would give, you know, two or three habits that for college students that both, um, aid in their aspirations to be near Christ, but then also help them reach their, their goal of graduation or of, you know, life post Westmont. What are some of those um, things that you could go back and tell yourself if you were an undergrad student? Oh man, uh, this, that's a much longer podcast. I'll look into this, I'll, I'll, <laughs> undergrad. Yeah. So interestingly, the, the undergrad program I did was at an academic institution that was not very rigorous. Um, okay. And so I didn't, I didn't learn a lot of really good study habits until I went to grad school, unfortunately. Mm. Um, (laughs) It is an interesting thing for me to think back on my time in undergrad, um, which I'm really grateful for, but it, it, again, it just wasn't, I, I worked at Westmont for two years and I remember Mm. watching the students there thinking, Oh, wow, that's harder than what I did. Um, Much much more academically engaged and that, and that's great. And I'm really grateful for that. I do think one of the, one of the things that I did learn in grad school in particular, and, and this was helped because I went to seminary. So I want to, want to just say that, you know, when I'm, I'm in a place yeah. where I was studying the Bible, studying ministry, but it was really helpful to me to begin to tear down some of the sacred secular divides that I had um, erected in my own thinking mm-hmm. that I think when I was doing my undergrad studies in and studying communication studies it just felt like, well, this is a thing I need to learn in order to graduate. I think what I wish I had thought then was all of this can be used to glorify God. And Mm -hmm. there's a way to glorify God, even in my studies to do that well, to steward well, what the opportunities and the gifts he's given me. And I need to think through what does it look like to, to really bring all of what God has given me to this task. And so I think sometimes the challenge is that we think, well, I have to pour myself into this academic trajectory that I'm on. And with whatever time is left over or space is left over, I can also pursue Jesus. And I think what we need to figure out is a more holistic approach to our spiritual life that says, well, even the hours I spend studying can be Mm-hmm. something that contributes to my spiritual life. It it may be harder to figure out exactly the connection. Um, right. But that's the, that's the beauty I would say of studying at a place like Westmont that helps make those connections and can help draw right. those lines out. And I, I, that's something I wish I had seen more clearly when I was 
younger and, and going through my own undergrad studies. And I think the other thing I would want to emphasize is that the, the world, if we believe that the world is actually God's creation and under God's control, then, then there really is no space where we can be meaningfully engaged with what God has created as one of God's image bearers where we can't actually discover God's work for our own growth and our own sanctification. And um, I think that, I think the sacred secular divide is, is often more harmful than it is helpful. Yeah. And, and with that said, like, what does it look like to find balance as a child of God then? You know what I mean? Because it really is, you know, he wants all of our time. So, so what does that look like to, to give him the, the time, the dedication that he is owed, but then also, um, being a, a conducive actor in the world, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I think, I think it's interesting. I think it actually becomes more profoundly worshipful when you are navigating life in such a way as everything, as though everything belongs to God, everything. Yeah. God, and, and therefore every moment of my day is somehow connected to who God is and somehow, um, gives me an opportunity to better encounter him, whatever that may be, to live out my identity as a child of God. Then I think those moments where we, like Jesus, say, I'm also going to set aside this strategic and special time to get away to, you know, yeah. Jesus was often caught going up the mountain to pray by himself. Yeah. Um, he was living uniquely all of his existence in, in directly in God's will but he still had those dedicated special times. And I think we have the same opportunity available to us if we are, if we are living as much as possible day by day with a reality and a, an awareness of God's presence and God's goodness. And we're living in God's creation and as God's image bearers. Then when we do say, and yet I'm going to specifically set aside this time, it takes on even, I'd say, greater characteristic of, of worship and meaning yeah. that Sometimes when we think, oh, well, Sunday is my day for God and the other six days of the week are mine to do with as I please. I think sometimes we believe that's, oh, man, and that makes Sunday really special. It's like, well, kind of. <laughs> in some way, it, it, treats, it treats Sunday in a way that it, it can't bear the weight of because we are meant right. to be God's creatures in God's creation all the time. And so I, yeah. I think it gives that opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to recognize that all throughout the week so that when I come to worship, I'm not coming from this deficit of, hey, the last six days I've been off doing my own thing. And now I'm going to recalibrate and think about God for the next hour and a half. We are coming mm -hmm. as an expression of this constant lived reality. Yeah. Also with that, you know, part of God's creation is a calling to be in communion with one another. And we're experiencing a time where we're being discouraged from gathering and being in communion with Absolutely. one another. So what are some of those habits that we can create and those resources that we can have that, that get us in touch with people um, to not let us feel so isolated from that? Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic <laughs> question. And I think that's one that everybody has been wrestling with, right, since yeah. last March as we... Yeah we now approach almost a year in this pandemic thinking through, okay, how does, how does this environment shape our calling to be the church, which is really, yeah. that's really what, what you're getting at there. And I think the, I think one of the things that has come out of this is probably a, well, hopefully I would say, hopefully a reassessing even of our understanding of what the church is. The church mm -hmm. is not a 
once a week gathering of people to listen to a preached message and to practice worship together. The church is actually a body of people that is together even when they're scattered and even when they're separate. And so when we come together on our Sunday worship, that is, that's a really meaningful gathering together. And so I don't want to undermine that at all. I really believe in gathering. for (laughs) Um, And yet when I think one of the misnomers that I have heard in the past year or so is when we were encouraged not to gather in that same way for corporate Mm -hmm. worship, for health reasons and to take care not only of our members, but our community. One of the, one of the things that I often heard was, oh, the church is closed. And I said, no, I would often say the church can't be closed because the church is a group of people. Now, the way we gather may look different for the time being, but that doesn't mean that we don't gather as the church. It may be that you gather in much smaller groups than you're accustomed to. It Mm -hmm. may be that you gather in you know, outdoor spaces rather than indoor spaces. But Mm -hmm. what we, what we have to get past is this idea that somehow church is only one large gathering that happens, you know, once a week, rather than this is this group of people that I'm connected to all of the time, by virtue of belonging to Christ. And so therefore, what does it look like? Again, as I've been saying all along, when our environment changes, we have to ask yeah. the question, what does it look like to be the church, to be the kind of person I'm called to be, even in this new changed environment? And so I think we have to find ways to to really cultivate relationship, even when we're being asked for you know the good of public health to not gather in ways that maybe are more familiar and more yeah. um, ingrained in us. It's on us to be really creative. I have really enjoyed yeah. this year, for example, rekindling some friendships with people who live in different parts of the country um, via technology, because Mm. I was just aware, knew I need, I need people and I need these people and I need to invest in these relationships in ways that when life feels whatever normal used to look like it, those things feel like they get backburnered. Like, well, I'll get to that relationship later. I think my connections in the body of Christ have really been highlighted to me this year and yeah. it has become more valuable to find new and different ways to connect with people. Um, and because again, that, that calling to be the church is unchanged, even as we are right. asked to gather differently than we're used to. Exactly. And then what are, what are some parting thoughts you have? I mean, really our um, group that listens to this are, are obviously Westmont students for the most part and people who are looking for their calling, their, their vocation after Westmont, whether that's internships or whatever it is. And what um, message do you have for them going out into the world or t- remaining with their studies? What are some things you can tell them to be faithful in, in their habits and in their practices? Yeah, I, I would say to, to the degree now that you can begin to cultivate individual habits, um, that's obviously really worthwhile, right? If you yeah. can, if you can figure out how in a time as full as college often is, if you can figure out how to prioritize your own individual spiritual habits, that's going to pay dividends later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that has, that has been a, a long road for me and my own growth. Even, at, even as a pastor, the, the individual habits have not, they've not always come easy to me. So that's been mm-hmm. a lot of long 
hard work. And I wish I'd done a lot more work actually when I was, when I was younger on those fronts. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the communal habits really matter too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to the Westmont students that feel like, and, and I understand where this comes from, this frame of thinking, but those that think, man, I, you know, I have my religious studies classes and I have chapel mm-hmm. online and I don't, I don't need much other spiritual input. I think there's, there is a communal nature to our faith that is missed out yeah. on when it's only, and especially now when it's only, the only intake is happening via screen. Um, that is just not, that's just not how we are meant to live out an embodied faith. And we really need one another. Mm-hmm. We really yeah. need one another to push each other to point out areas where we maybe aren't living out our calling in Christ as we ought to, or to encourage us in things that we don't see in our own lives that they may say, Hey, I see this in you. And and it's beautiful that God's spirit is working this in you. And I think we, the more that we can lean into those and the more that you, the, your listeners can lean into those things, even in a stage like college years is going to pay so many dividends down the road. And that's the kind of stuff that is going to I think bear fruit, no matter where the road after Westmont takes them, whether that is into continued educational studies or whether that is into the workforce or whether that is into who knows what. I think those habits and those rhythms pointing to this is how I live out the kind of person I want to be. That's going to, that's going to transport into almost any environment that God would take them in his, in his will. Absolutely. And like you said, our environment is changing. So even if it's, you know, our students can't necessarily be connected to a larger body, you know, Westmont and I mean, you represent in the community, there are so many resources through people, through like God loving, you know, faithful people who, who want to be, you know, that lifeline to someone else who want to encourage. And so I think that's another thing that for our listeners is just finding someone, whether it's through our co-department or through the pastor's office, or even, you know, outreach within their church and the community. Um, those small groups can look like just having someone to help you keep you accountable in your faith and in your journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I just think over and over, we see the New Testament and, and even the Old Testament, we see the spiritual life is never meant to be lived alone. And when we believe that it is lived alone, then we quickly will run into trouble. And we see that over and over. There's a a relentless message of you belong to one another by virtue of belonging to Christ. And and that comes through on all pages of scripture. And we need to, we need to heed that we live in a very individualistic context in which we are told over and over you have everything you need if you just dig down deep as an individual and mm. individualism doesn't have a lot of airtime in the scriptures. There's a yeah. sense in which we are, we are called to one another because what we ought to recognize in Christ is we are really needy and we don't have yeah. the resources we need. And so we not only need Christ and we not only need the indwelling Holy spirit, but we really need one another. And so I, I totally agree. Lean on the resources around you and, have yeah. other mature believers speaking into your life and helping cast vision for you and, and step out in a lot of joyful confidence that God is faithful and he's gracious and he's for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Benji, thank you so much for this time. We have loved this so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, it, we want to have you back on. So maybe later this semester, you can give us another message. We'll see what happens in the world, right? The environment changing again to bring you back. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to help. However, and again, I'm just so grateful for the time. Thanks for the invite. Oh my gosh, of course. 
Well, thank you so much and have a great day. Sure thing, you too. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope that your day has been breathed into, that you are reminded of God's plan, of his promise, and that you feel inspired and encouraged today to go do whatever it is you need to get done. Once again, I'm just going to remind you that Cove is here for you. We want to help you find that internship. We want to help you get connected to alumni. We want to help you bulk up that resume. We want to help you write cover letters. Everything that you need for life beyond Westmont, whether that means you're graduating or whether that means you're looking for something to do this summer, that's what we're here for. Utilize your CDAs, reach out to them, and book yourself an appointment on Handshake with one of our many wonderful mentors um if you have any questions at all just reply to one of those all hall emails that you've received or follow us on instagram at the cove wc we really want to be here and help connect so i hope you have an amazing rest of your week have a blessed day and remember that god is for you so who can be against you and thank you for letting westmont works work with you